Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Nova Scotia massacre that took place one year ago this weekend. Sarah Ritchie is a reporter with Global News in Halifax. She joins us now. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Good morning, Sam. Well, how are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, you were you you were working that day, right? Just, just tell us about that day one year ago. Yeah, I, I wasn't supposed to be working, um, but I'm the anchor for the Global News at 6 show here in Halifax. And when I got up in the morning and I started to see tweets from the RCMP saying that there was a shooter on the loose and we had no idea where he was or what had happened at that point, I just... I just knew I needed to come in. So my boss and I met here at the station. Um, it was, you know, a really unusual day. Uh, we had no idea through the day what was going on. We got a live update that evening at 6 o'clock in our 6 o'clock newscast from the RCMP. And at that time, they said in excess of 10 people had been killed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until days later that we learned it was 22. Um, and, and, you know, Sarah, and this carried on. For hours, right? I mean, this did not resolve until the next day, really. Yeah, so the Sunday was the day that it resolved, the 19th, but it had actually begun the night before on yeah. Saturday with a killing spree in the very small community of Portapix. So 13 people were killed there. And then by the end of it all, by the time the police killed the gunman, uh, he was nearly 100 kilometers away from Portapix. He had killed 22 people. He had set five buildings on fire. It was just an unbelievably horrific and hard-to-understand series of events. And I remember, you know, in the days immediately following just how stricken that community was, that whole region, really, because like you say, it it spread out over a couple of different locations. What's it like for the year since? Um, what's, What's the community been going through for the past year? You know, I think it's been so difficult to deal with everything that happened in the spring in Nova Scotia last year because of this pandemic, right? We weren't able to gather. We couldn't have those public outpourings of grief, the vigils, the memorials, the funerals, even. Families couldn't hold proper funerals um, because of COVID restrictions. That's been so hard for people. And, you know, even a year later, um, the memorial services that are being planned for this weekend are they're small and they're COVID safe and they're being managed in a very careful way, of course, which is a good thing. But it does mean that the community, once again, isn't able to sort of gather together to support one another. I had people say to me, you know, when something like this happens in a small town, you you go to your neighbor's house with a casserole dish or with something um, and you give them a hug and you just couldn't do that. So it's been a really difficult year. In terms of the investigation, there's been an intense investigation into just how this all came about. Um, Where does that stand? What have we learned about why this all took place? Yeah, so we've been investigating as a a journalism team here at Global News in Halifax. We've been investigating what happened, the origins of this, how how it occurred, what red flags and warning signs were missed. But in terms of the official police investigation, I've got to say it's been... um, It's been more than 10 months since we've heard from the RCMP. So in the weeks following the shootings, they gave a series of press briefings and updates to the public. They committed to regular and timely updates to the public on June the 4th, and that was the last time we've heard from them. 
Um, they've released a couple of statements or news releases since then, but they haven't answered questions. They haven't given interviews. And, you know, the standard line that we've heard from them ever since November has been the most appropriate and unbiased opportunity for us to talk about what happened is at the upcoming public inquiry. And so that inquiry mm. is underway. Um, it hasn't begun hearings yet. We don't know when those will start. We know that it has to give final recommendations by November 2022. So that's another, you know, long process for families who still have questions about how all of this happened. Yeah, most definitely. Um, now, you've been working hard on a series, um, 13 hours, uh, inside the Nova Scotia Massacre, and it will start premiering uh, on CHED uh, coming up early, early next month. Just tell us, um, it's it's a lengthy investigative series. What can people expect to hear and learn as, as they listen to that? Yeah, so the format of the series is that we wanted to try to break down that really difficult-to-understand 13-hour time period. And so the format is that each episode follows one hour of the killing spree as closely as we can with everything that we know. Um, But one of the most important things for us, you know, because we weren't able to have those public memorials and um, because this all happened during COVID-19 where our focus, I think, as a nation was pulled elsewhere, one of the really important things to my team was to give space to the families of the victims, to memorialize them, to talk about the lives they lived and the people they loved, and not just learn about the way that they died. And so we give space for families, if they wish, to to share those memories, to share those important things about their loved ones. So you learn about each of the 22 people as you listen to the series. Um, you learn about some of the red flags, the warning signs, the things that police knew or ought to have known about the gunmen. And we ask some pretty serious questions, some pretty difficult questions about what needs to change to prevent something like this from happening again. Yeah, and I think that's a question that a lot of people have, right? Is just how can something like this happen? Um, and especially when we, as we learned more and more about the gunmen involved in this, Sarah, um, we came to learn that there were some pretty clear indicators that something was very, very wrong and the potential for violence was quite high, right? I mean, there were indicators before this ever happened. Yeah, there were. And and this is one of the things that's been very troubling is that, you know, as far back as 2001, he was convicted of assaulting and pleaded guilty to assaulting a 15-year-old boy in a random attack that put that victim into the hospital. Um, in 2010, there was a warning to police from someone who knew him who said, you know, I think something's wrong here, and I know this person has guns. In 2011, there was another warning. So, And in 2013, a neighbor actually reported to police that he was violent toward his intimate partner, his common-law partner at the time, and that he had illegal weapons. We don't know what police did with that information. They say they don't have a record of that final report from the neighbor. They said that they investigated and. Uh, I I believe I said 2010, but it was actually 2011. They investigated in 2011 that report of his illegal weapons. But the thing is that, you know, he never had a license to own any weapons in this country. We know now that he smuggled weapons from the United States. So it raises a whole host of questions about what investigations were done, what kind of follow-up there was, why he was able to cross the border with these illicit items, you know, how, how strict the border controls are. Um, there are a lot of questions that need to be asked about that. And I think, you know, it's been it's been difficult to get answers to those things. I think there's some hope that this public inquiry will be a forum for answers for this kind of thing. Yeah, Sarah, and I know it's a it's a story that's been closely watched by um, by so many people. And uh, thanks for your great reporting on it. It's uh, it, it's good stuff. And uh, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. 
Thanks so much, Shay. Take care. Thanks, Sarah.